Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Back with you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. We hope if you're in your car today, you're looking forward to a good weekend. We're going to do a little recap on what happened in 2017 as we bring you into 2018. We'll also talk about what happened on Christmas the other day when we saw both Philadelphia teams win, Jeff. That's amazing. I think that's the first time ever that they've had in a city both teams win on the same day. That's what Boop Stats put out. Bob Vitrone uh, said that Philadelphia Monday became the first city to have its NBA NFL teams win on the same Christmas day. So there we go. We should quit now. Well, the only thing I would have hoped is that it was a little bit warmer. So you were there. I was. Um, it it's was a couple days, very It's cold. a couple days later now. Have you defrosted? No. No. It was freezing. Was it? Yes. But it was a lot of fun. And the crowd was odd there it seemed it seemed like everybody was really hyped up for the start of the game offense drives down the field you think they're going to kind of run away with it a little bit they're up seven nothing and then all of a sudden blah it it was it was just one of those games you know they, they always talk about ugly wins this was certainly one of those ugly wins i mean there was that bizarre turn of events where there was turnover 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 and it was just it, it, people didn't know what to make of the game. There were actually boos going into halftime. Somebody actually tweeted during the game that if it was possible, the game keeps getting uglier <laughs> as it goes on. And it did. It, it was To watch it as an Eagles fan was frustrating. We had Gary Cobb on last week, and we were talking about how you know everybody was concerned about you know Nick Foles, and he comes out and lights it up against the Giants. Granted, they're the Giants. And it's now the defense that everybody's worried about. And then... On Christmas night, the Eagles' defense comes out, a little shaky at the start, but second half really clamped down on them, were able to hold it down. I still have concerns about, you know, they they give so much cushion when they're they're in coverage, and then they bite on that slant and go. Amari Cooper was basically in his own area. <laughs> yeah, but he slipped. Uh, Mills slipped on that play. I know, but they have a problem with that. And they're going to have to figure that out because if I'm an opposing coach, I'm running slant and goes all day long. Well, we talked. I mean, we talked about that with G. Cobb, and, and G. Cobb said that they got to come and they got to play closer to the line. And this was my concern: is that people were going to get by them. And, and remember, G. said, "Well, they're going to have to catch up." Well, they didn't catch up. They didn't. Darby did come back with an interception, so that that looked a little bit better. They did play Rasul Douglas last night. They went with five cornerbacks. Live on Christmas and defense and wasn't the problem though. I no. mean, other than that one breakdown, the defense played. They 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 were playing bend but not break defense last night, and and it worked with the Raiders. Who you know before the season started, I would have thought the Raiders were going to be one of the teams to beat, and, and they just looked horrid last night. You would not have other been than alone Marshawn, if Marshawn Lynch. You would not have been alone if you thought that. So. Let's talk about the defense before we move to the offense. I can't stand when it's like third and 15 and they go to the sticks and let them get right up to it and like a yard away and then they can go for it on fourth down. Yeah, uh, I'd prefer a little bit tighter coverage. Mm -hmm. I know you don't want to let him get behind you. Uh, Chris Long had himself a game. He did. He was everywhere. Uh, that was fun to watch. The defensive line played very well. Yeah, the only problem was Brandon Graham left the game. I mean, we our, where our seats was was right by the tunnel, and and late in the game, Brandon Graham was hobbling off and leaving the field, and 
That that's something you have to worry about. If he doesn't come back healthy, that's going to be a big problem in the playoffs. That was an ankle injury that that was X-rayed and uh, it it did not show any fractures at the time. But obviously, we'll see what what comes out medically. You need him to be okay. Yeah, He's, well, he, he will not be playing this weekend would be my guess. I don't think much of anybody is going to – but I think Nick Foles is out there after the performance this week. I think that this is – you know, I said this I think last week was that there, what's going to happen is this is going to be like the third preseason game. So so you're going to see play the first, first quarter, first maybe quarter. first half. He's, as long as he's playing well, you'll see Nate Sudfeld for the first time in the second half. How is it? that our star quarterback that everybody says is in the running for the MVP of the league threw the ball in less attempts than our backup quarterback does regularly. I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, in 13 games, yeah. Carson Wentz had 38-plus passes four times. In mm -hmm. two games, Nick Foles has done it both times. The weird thing is, is I don't know what it was like watching it on TV, but it felt like at the game that they weren't either throwing enough we're throwing at the right time. You know, I'm somebody who's been saying that the Eagles need to pound it down the other team's throat. And and this game, even though you're saying that they, that they threw it a lot during this game, it just didn't seem like, I guess, at the right times because there were a lot of three and outs. A couple things. You had some sloppy football where you had big runs that got called back on penalties. Mm -hmm. uh, Lane Johnson did not have I believe his he had best three night. holdings. I, I did I one of them I thought was pretty questionable, but one of them was legit on the long run where he went off where uh he went off the corner there. Uh I it was frustrating. You know, you you watch it and I was watching Seth Joyner after the game, and he was talking about the lack of separation that the receivers are getting. Now, I don't know if Wentz put the ball out there for them to make the play and Foles isn't, but the minute that Foles goes backwards or does that extra pat on the ball, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> where where did Alshon Jeffrey go? He did not he, have he, a, a contract-earning game. It, it was baffling. I mean— Alshon Jeffrey is a possession receiver. He was shut down. He is a big guy. They don't have particularly big corners. The Raiders have either the worst or the second worst passing defense in the NFL. Why in the world are, is Nick Foles just not throwing up high balls towards the sideline and letting Alshon Jeffrey do what he does best, which is jump and get those balls? The Raiders had the 23rd defense against the pass and the 17th against the run. And they struggled. I mean, they gave fans cause for concern. You know, yes. you, you win the game, you have home field advantage now, you think you should feel good, and I think many fans feel much worse after Christmas night than they did going in. Well, you're not. You're now not going to have a meaningful football game for, for three another weeks. three weeks, right? So next week is not really meaningful even though it's against the Cowboy, means nothing. And then you have a bye, and then you have your game. So they're going to have to work on a lot of things at practice because they're not going to get it in game speed situations. But yeah, we're going to the playoffs. Playoffs? And Don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> you kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Well, we did. We won a game last night, and yeah. so we're going to the playoffs. And so you look back at not, the year. Well, you're not just going to the playoffs. You're the home. It goes through Philadelphia. That's right. The The road to the Super Bowl hypothetically goes through Philadelphia. You can't ask for more than that. The but question, you're limping in. Well, the question is whether or not you're going. Having home field advantage actually is helpful for the Eagles. 
because my concern is after seeing last last night is whether the Eagles are a cold weather team that maybe that Foles' problems were with the weather. They last should night. be a cold weather team. Now, they got three running backs who can pound the ball down your throat. My problem with the was with the play calling. I, again, I didn't understand some of what Doug was trying to do. Well, there was only one real downfield throw, and Foles missed that play. Yes. That, that should have been a touchdown, and he threw it about three yards too long. But they didn't even have that much on the timing routes where you know had you had the crossing routes that Foles can hit on the step. There were very few. Most of it was to the outside I, edges. I just and didn't most of it was swing passes. And I just didn't. So I just didn't understand the game plan overall. Um, I, I'm not sure what whether they were trying things or what they thought they were going to do, but it didn't work. You know, you win the game. Um, I was I was joking with some people afterwards. The quote unquote meaningless score at the end uh, from Derek Barnett. Uh, giving it a nine-point win, uh, we always do mention the uh, for those who may have possibly gambled legally someplace. Um, the <laughs> line leading up to the game was eight and a half, nine or ten. So if if you had the Eagles minus eight and a half or nine, you you got a backdoor cover and pushed. If you had it at ten, you were really upset that Dougie P took the knee there <laughs> and didn't kick the extra point. I also Th- said then to again, you, you cannot be upset because. It's the end of the game. It's the last play, and Derek Barnett is not expected to be scoring a touchdown as well as doing a forward flip. But I, I also, by the way, what, what, what? If you were a uh, diving judge, four and what, a half. What, that's it. Yeah, he he had. Okay, so the splash would have been really bad going into the <laughs> pool there. He had nice form in the air, but he would have kind of backflopped. Yeah, but you got to take into account body type. So yeah, you know, he's a defensive lineman. So so I give him a seven or eight. So, okay, next week, obviously, play Dallas game means nothing. Uh, Zeke Elliott comes and runs again because he's back. Uh Rah-rah. Yippee. Um, What happens? Game was not flexed. The NFL is not going to play any Sunday night games Because nobody cares about it, including people here. This might be the most uneventful Eagles-Cowboys game in in decades. I mean, this game means absolutely nothing to, to either team. No right? injuries. That's all I want. Right. I want healthy players. Uh-huh. Especially to the O-line. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, that's the most important thing is to the O-line is for everybody to get healthy to the extent that they can and nobody else get hurt. And so Wisniewski didn't play last right. night. He should be back for the playoffs. It seemed like it was more precautionary holding him out than anything else. Um, and, and you know what? you got to hope that maybe the reason that, that Peterson wasn't passing – was because he was concerned with Wisniewski out that there wasn't going to be the pocket protection. And there really wasn't. I mean, the Are you Raiders, trying to make me feel better, Jeff? I am trying to make you feel better. So earlier so in the we, season, I wasn't know, we, like high enough on the team. And right. you're like, why aren't you going along with it? Yeah. Now I'm like trying to figure out where I am with this all. And you're like giving me a little rah-rah pep talk. <sighs> you know, I think part of my job is you to feel be your ba- therapist. Do you just feel so, bad yeah. for me? No, I'm just trying to, to, to... The new year is just a couple days away, right? You're trying to help so, me work through my conflicts that's as we right. go through uh-huh. 2018. That's right. And go into the... I mean, look, 2018, I think, is going to be a good year for Philly fans. Well, this is the, the second time that they've won 13 games. They'll finish with the best record in franchise history if they do win against Dallas. If not, they'll tie the 2004 Eagles team, which went to the Super Bowl. And... It didn't quite turn out the way that yeah. I had hoped. So. I was in Jacksonville, not at the game. I went for 24 hours. Do you know how many people I know that have said that, that went to, uh, of all the places you do not want to go to, 
just to hang it's out the in the city. Super Bowl city. Ja- Jacksonville is not exactly They're, a prime destination. So we've we've had gonna Eagles this, on the show who have this, said this. I'm going to clean this up for you. There are adult establishments on the outside of Jacksonville, and other than that, downtown, there's very little to do. And right. if you didn't have tickets to the NFL parties, you weren't getting in anything. All you were doing was looking at people. So my brother and I went. My college roommate was living there. I was just out of school. We stayed on his floor on an inflatable ma- air mattress that deflated by the time the morning came. We went to all of the <laughs> NFL experience at ESPN and everything else, and we flew out on the next flight in from the day before. You didn't go to the Jacksonville experience? There was no Jacksonville experience. It was in Jacksonville. <laughs> Th- that, so it's funny. I've been joking all year about, like, of course the Eagles would go to the Super Bowl because it's in Minnesota. Yeah. Like that's what happens. We go in like Jacksonville and Minnesota, and I wasn't old enough well, to go to New Minnesota Orleans. Minnesota so. is actually a very nice city. Not in February, it, exactly. It's it, kind of cold. Yeah, it, it's gonna, it's going to be. There'll be a, a little hash mark before. I mean, the you're going to you're going to Toronto, so I mean, hey? you can kind of preview. Yeah, you're going to be talking hockey when you come back. That's right. I w- I actually will be going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah. So I want to hear about all that you see there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to go to a basketball game out there too, right? The Raptors. You are uh-huh. going to go with your son. Yeah. Now, you were at the Eagles game with your son, mm-hmm. and then you were also at the Chargers-Jets game, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, no, they're the San Diego Chargers to me. They always will be. They can be, but you're wrong. Go ahead. How was is, how is that game? You want, you look, you want to bet that in the next three years they are not called the Los Angeles Chargers? There is no way. So that is that your that. prediction for 2018 that the NFL tries to find a solution for having two teams that fail in L.A.? <laughs> well, the... the the Rams are, I think, might actually succeed. Yes, because they're winning. They're Look, the Chargers yeah, right. are actually playing good ball too. They, I mean, they are. They have a chance to be in the playoffs, but they are break one of the teams so. that I would not want to see in the playoffs because of how they have closed out this season. So here's, uh, I went to MetLife Stadium to see the Jets and the Chargers the day before I went to the Eagles game, and, and let me tell you, there were a large number of Chargers fans at the Jets game, probably because the tickets were real cheap. But the Jets. I, I can't tell you how many times I heard people say, "Wow, there's more Chargers games, Chargers fans here than there are at their home games." <laughs> well, they might have had more fans there than they had when the Eagles played them out there. Yeah. So okay, road to Super Bowl goes through Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all going to have extreme anxiety and not be sure what the heck we're getting. In the no, next you're few not. Weeks. Look, you are not at this point. Anything that. Philadelphia gets is gravy. Again, you can't tell people that. Though. I have told you time and time again. It you you have to as a fan enjoy the ride. You can't. I was until you we can't careened spend, off course with a torn ACL. No, Do you well, know that but, people were googling? Can I donate my ACL last night <laughs> after watching the performance? Like that's where the fan base is. It's oh, we finally got this. And oh, look, man. It, it was it was it. There, I was torn by seeing Carson Wentz go out for the coin flip. He was torn too. <laughs> You're funny. So, so he was it, out there on crutches. But, well, yeah, because it's a reminder of what could have been, which which can be done, kind of depressing. But I will tell you, as he as he hobbled off the field with his crutches, hobble on Carson. Uh, it, the the fans reacted in a way that you hope fans react, which yeah. was which was seventy some odd thousand people chanting Cheering. MVP. No, of course, the MVP chant be- came up because. He's given us something that we hoped for, and uh, you know we'll get to our our resolutions later. He's mine. Well, that's for- it. And, and so, so you have to you have to look at this season as nobody expected this season to be a Super Bowl run season. Fair. At the beginning of the season, no. Correct. But you're the one so, who made me raise my expectations. 
I, well, I didn't. We I didn't. were sitting here with Dave Spadaro and yeah. you, and and you guys said, "Why can't you make a decision? Why are you so conflicted?" And it's because I don't want to get burnt again. Well, no. To be fair, it's because you can't make decisions. That's separate so, from the fact. Right. You don't want to get your heart broken as a fan that you think you've got it, and then all of a sudden, poof. Isn't isn't that part of what the show is about, though? It isn't isn't that it, it's what is it to be a fan and and being a fan instead of having your heart. Certain people want to always look at the, the negative side. By the way, I was just trying to way, avoid my, the agony of fans. I, I, I just want to let you know the pe- the people who know me and my wife are going to sit there and go, "Who is this guy on the radio?" But uh, but what I'm about to say is is isn't it about looking at the glass half empty? I mean half full, and then saying the other. Half could be full in the near future. You're looking at you it. You know as, what's full? What? You're full of it right now, trying to make me believe that. There is no way you believe that enjoy that's how it. I should be. No, I you am have enjoying. to enjoy I it. I am enjoying but it's the See, you, you had to throw the button there. Well, it's frustrating to think about what could have been. But that's life. When you see what is. Look, sports is partly about injuries. I blame and you. It's if I never got my hopes up, I wouldn't be in this position. It's all oh. your fault. So instead, they should go two and thirteen, like some no, other no. teams I could within a hundred miles the 13 a year. and two without getting my hopes up, like you told me to. You, no, you go can't. all in. That's what you said, and so I did, and therefore I'm. And you should go all in. And I you should enjoy myself, the game. and now I'm ready to feel the pain. Uh, look, I remember in, in in my younger years going to event after event and and just being miserable the whole time, thinking something bad's going to happen. And now you're like Mr. Optimism well, here. Well, now I now I've learned that look, those three hours of my life i'm there to be entertained and enjoy and there's a sense of hope so and when did i become debbie downer on this show at all wah, of a sudden wah. you're like the guru of positive over i there. don't know i don't understand what's going on we need to, to flip this back okay let's get to sixers before we go to a break we'll do the recap when we come back from the break uh, i talk. might have a hard time with with, with come on mr with, optimism uh, yeah, this, stick this, with it on christmas uh-huh Come on, give me your optimistic take. They won on Christmas. That's optimistic. Okay, so as as some people may have seen, I tweeted if if Joel Embiid if they announce Amir Johnson as the starting center, I'm turning this off because there is so much optimism and hope with the Sixers, and it's been for a while, and I've trusted the process, but what I can't do is get jacked up for a game. And not know until 20 minutes beforehand Who's who playing? I'm going to see. And as, as they said on the broadcast, that's the the right way to do it is Embiid has to come out and do warm-ups and then decide if he feels good enough to play. I can't stand a whole career of that. If if this is – and this has been my fear with him is is the back. Is when, when you have a back injury and the fact that he can't sit in a chair during games and has to lay on the court already – and we have to every single game not know is he playing is he not playing we are just cranky guys today aren't I we I know but but that that's a real problem because it's not just a problem for the fans it's a real problem for the coach and the team not to know what your game plan is because there's a there's an Embiid's playing game plan which is everything runs through him and then there's if Embiid's not playing what do we do about getting rebounds cuz Amir Johnson has been regressing as the season goes along and apparently, there is a specific role on the Sixers, which is the Where's Waldo role, which was originally helmed by Okafor and now is being helmed by Rashawn Holmes, who went from having some really great games where he played as a beast to the last few games 
I don't know if he's on the bench. So I enjoy glass half empty, Jeff. Yeah. More than glass half full, Jeff, because glass half empty, Jeff tweets at people. Yeah. Like where is Rashawn Holmes when he tweeted well, at Rich? Where is he? At Rich Hoffman during Seriously, the game. Seriously, where was he? I, like I have no good answer. I'm just saying I am entertained by the I'm cranky as hell, Jeff, at times <laughs> on Twitter, as opposed to the. Well, you just got to go along with I it. Just went, I just went. I just went totally Jekyll you and did. Hyde, didn't I? You you like changed from segment to segment. I'm hosting with a different Jeff now, and we didn't even go to break yet. There were positives yesterday. They wanted the garden, and Bede had or uh, on Christmas they yeah. wanted the garden. They Embiid had a, a good game, but Cantor was dominating. They they have see and maybe that's where cranky Jeff comes in from a few days ago is because I'm watching the Sixers game and you know what I'm thinking you would um, like to have Porzingis on yes. the Sixers that, that one's predictable though Porzingis was taken right after the Sixers took Okafor so you had cranky Okafor who can't play any defense and instead you could have the next version of the Twin Towers now picture. Embiid and Porzingis. Seven I two thought I'm not supposed to imagine three. what could have been. I'm supposed to live in what is and enjoy the ride, well, Mr. Psychologist. Th- th- I know, but but stick to being a lawyer. But when I'm watching that Knicks game, I'm going, he really is a unicorn. I mean, he, he remember when the Sixers drafted Sean Bradley and they said he was going to revolutionize the game? I try not to Ooh. remember that. Porzingis is what we had all hoped Sean Bradley was gonna be. Porzingis can do everything really well. And I, you just sit there and go, what happened? Especially when I now look out on the court and I see that instead of Porzingis, I got Trevor Booker. On that note, we're going to head to break. <laughs> Stick with us when we come back. We're going to look back at the year that was in sports. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey. Those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. This is The Heart of Sports. It's our last show for 2017. Obviously, we're excited to join you in the new year. But before we get there, let's look back on the year that was, Jeff. Let's sure. look back at the, some of the top stories that there were, not in any particular order, but let's just bring some of them out. We talked about some of them on the show. Uh, they have sort of dominated the news on the sports landscape this year. The first, you have to go with the, the national anthem protests, for good or for bad, in terms of the, the eye of the beholder of 
of who liked it, the impact that it had on sports going all the way up to the level of the presidency and becoming an issue between owners and players and the catalyst of trying to move it forward with service to the community. What's your reaction to what we saw this year? And will it be the issue that it was made to be in 2017 as we approach next year? You know what? I was thinking about this at the game this week. As you know, I went to two NFL games this weekend. I didn't notice anybody kneeling at the games. There may have been. I don't know. Did Malcolm Jenkins He's been, he's been standing since okay. the... Um, so, and he's been standing and putting a fist up, but he's been standing since the agreement with the league uh, to uh, put some money into community service efforts and uh, social justice issues to try and raise awareness. Which, again, when we started talking about this earlier in the year, we talked about how what is the goal. The goal wasn't just to take a knee. It was to raise awareness and, and, and drive social change. And, and maybe that's maybe that's why I've now gotten to the point of saying, uh, I really am at the point of, really, is, the, is this a big deal at this point? Because they did they accomplished their goal in raising awareness. There's very few people that were doing it to begin with. And we really, what we did was we put a, a, a black mark on uh, an entire organization and group of people because a few people knelt to make a point which was not the point that people are offended by. So maybe maybe it's just me, but I've gotten to the point now where I'm almost numb to it. And at the same time, I appreciate what they did. And, and at the same time, I also say it's time to move on and hope that this that that there is more discussion and less vitriol over the issue. I feel like they're showing the national anthem less. It's less of an issue with people. Did they show it? Did they show it the other night for the Eagles game? I missed it. I was in the car. Okay. Um, So I I didn't see it. Uh, By the time I got home, it was just the intro for ESPN, and then they went down to the field for the play. Um, Here's what I do know, is that every single person that, that I know, every friend or acquaintance that I know who said that they were they were no longer going to watch NFL games and they were going to cancel their packages and whatever. Every one of them was watching football. I'm not kidding. There, there I, are I, people. I've subtly, I've subtly been checking, and 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 nobody's really. It, it's it's a weird thing because people got so animated about it. I think there are people who don't watch. I don't know if that's the only reason. Uh, you know, we can talk about the product itself on the field. The amount of flags, not knowing what an actual catch is or pass interference is anymore. You saw it again this weekend with Buffalo and New England where clear catch. So so what are you saying? That there, there's, there's so much to be annoyed with at the NFL that this kind of has fallen by the wayside? No, I actually just think <laughs> it's a factor. You know, people want to say the NFL ratings are down and it's because people are protesting. The NBA ratings are higher than they've ever been, and some of those athletes have taken – pretty prominent stands against some of the same issues. Mm-hmm. I remember four prominent players standing on the stage at the ESPYs about a year ago making a statement about black lives mattering. And that, again, I think it's easy to ascribe, up oh, ratings are down, must be because of the protests. I think there's lots of reasons the ratings are down. The product on the field, I mean, look at the games this week, the blowouts, the you know, you got in primetime on Saturday, you got a 16 to nothing game 
where the Packers barely showed up at Lambeau just, Field. Just, look, I'm, all I'm going to do is I'm going to warn you right now that we have the Moldy Cheesesteak Awards coming up, and, and we do not want to give away any any of the award winners. All right, I'll back away then. All right. Uh, <laughs> on the, the taking a knee, there, there was some of the owner's reactions that I want to talk about briefly. Which one? Well, you have Richardson in Carolina, who's now going to be out for other reasons. Yeah. You had Jerry Jones. Who's a buffoon. Well, that's for other reasons also. That's for lots of reasons. Look, J- J- Jerry Jones is a buffoon for lots of different reasons, including that he should realize that he's been a loser as an owner. I'm sure he um, feels highly about you, too. Yeah. Um, but You want to send him this tape? Huh? You want to send him this tape? Sure. I'd be glad to. Okay. Um, but he, he decided to step out and say something, which only caused more problems because the players were already meeting with the NFL and they were resolving the issue, and Jerry Jones had to open his mouth and stick his foot in, which made them have to re- have to say, well, we're not just going to cave because you told us to. Let's talk about players this year that put their money where their mouth was. You know, there was so much criticism of the protests and what was done. At the same time, after Houston's hurricane, you see J.J. Watt raised $37 million. Uh, Chris Long, who had an amazing game on Christmas, he's playing for nothing. He's donating his whole salary, about a million dollars, to educational charities in three cities. Putting his body on the line. You had Malcolm Jenkins and other players out in Harrisburg meeting with the police department here in the city trying to come up with positive changes. So let's talk for a second. We like to do this on the show of the impact that sports has had on the community because I think as the profile has risen from the criticism I don't know whether it's an effort to try and counter the criticism or just more publicity for things that were already being no, no, done. No, no, no. I don't I don't think it's an effort to counter the criticism at all. But, Is mean, it just more publicity of what's already been done? Because no. It seems th- like there's more attention being given to what athletes are doing from all sides right now, the positive and the negative. I, I don't I don't know. See, I don't know if that's the case or if or if just we're paying attention to it more, but but I mean, let's face it, ESPN does you know, every Christmas they do their their whole day of stories and, you know, stuff like, you know, their their human interest stuff. But, you know, one of the things that we always talk about when we have guests on the show is what they're doing in the community because people don't realize what all the stuff that people are doing. What J.J. Watt did was was unprecedented, though. I mean, how many athletes can raise tens of millions of dollars with a tweet. I mean, think about it. That that started with a tweet and the number of people that he is helping is incredible. And and, and there's something else I wanted to talk about with, with the Texans. I'm not a Houston Texans fan at all, but I don't know if anybody's watched the stories about Deshaun Watson and the fact that Years ago, Warwick Dunn, a running back for the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers, and I think he also played for the Falcons. Yeah, he had a program where they built homes for yeah, families. It was, Deshaun a, it was a Habitat for lived in it. Yeah, Habitat for Humanity program, and one of the people who received one of these homes. And by the way, she didn't get the home for nothing. They helped with a, with put a mortgage, a mortgage payment, down payment. Is Deshaun Watson was one of the people who was a recipient of that program. Deshaun Watson. Then in his rookie year, took uh, one of his paychecks and gave it to, th- I believe, three uh, women who work in a cafeteria. And he has also now, he goes out and builds homes for others. And it's people don't realize that when they hear, it's okay for some people to sit there and ascribe all bad things, like, like whatever you want to 
portray the kneeling as to an entire league of people, an entire population. But why are we not also portraying or giving credit to the entire population when they do something good? Because there's more of those athletes that are doing these good things. But so many of them have foundations. It's it's incredible that you just don't hear. Well, I about. mean, the Cole Hamels and his wife donated their house. Yeah, for I don't know if everybody knows this story, but because Cole Hamels is no longer in Philadelphia, although my fingers are crossed the the stories that he may be back here at some point. But uh, Cole Hamels and his wife donated a seven plus million dollar home in Missouri that they own to an organization to help underprivileged children and I believe children with disabilities. Uh, oh, seriously, how many of us are doing it? And, and anybody says, well, yeah, he has, you know, $100 million that he's earned and what's the big deal? It's 7%. How many people in this audience are giving 7% of their salaries to charities? Did you also see what happened with Jadavian Clowney? With the garbage cans? Yeah. Yes. So for our listeners who didn't see, um, Jadavian Clowney, the Texans played against Jacksonville Jaguars. After the game, he said that Blake Bortles was trash. <laughs> and so Jaguars fans By the sent, way, he's not far sent, off. <laughs> well, the other day he played like it. Uh, he's had a better season, but um, we have a hard time picking Blake Bortles. Uh-huh. Um, we've made that clear. Yep. Um, so Jacksonville Jaguars fans sent Jadavian Clowney trash cans. And, which he then filled with gifts of toys for Christmas for kids. You want to talk about stepping in it and then making it good and mm-hmm. paying it forward. Again, those are the kind of things we like to focus on on the show. It doesn't get the attention, most likely because it doesn't have the same clickbait rate as when somebody goes off or runs into the crowd or throws something or does something as opposed to when somebody helps feed a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it's something that we, we like to try and highlight and talk about. Yeah, and, and in our own city, we have so many of these athletes that are doing this, that some that you don't know about, and some like Chris Long and and uh, Malcolm Jenkins, who is, is the Eagles candidate for Man of the Year this year. There's so many in every one, from Claude Giroux's foundation to what the Phillies do with ALS to the Flyers' fights for wives. There's so many that you can just go on and on and on about. And I think people should realize that there is a benefit. You know, I always, we always sit there and talk about teams that like are moving out of the area or threatening to move out of the area. And what does it do for the economy? I'm not one that says the community should spend money keeping a team by building a stadium, but at the same time, teams do add to the community in so many ways, not just from bringing people together to have something in common, but from what the organizations do. Let's talk, earlier in the year, we had a great opportunity to speak for almost an hour with Dr. Bennett Amalu, who discovered CTE, has done a ton of research into concussions and traumatic brain injuries. We've seen a lot of news this year on the the front of traumatic brain injuries in sports. Even this week, the NFL changed their rules. Now they're going to have an independent neurologist from a booth someplace, in, like they do with the replay, to call down so that somebody can't go back on the field. Uh, they are trying to make the game safer. At times, it has become more prominent how not safe it is. Uh, you look at the Tom Savage case where he's basically having a seizure on the field and then they send and they let him the go back in the game mm-hmm. the russell wilson case where he has his jaw broken 
where he has to drink out of a straw because his helmet's turned around. They let him back on the field without a concussion. And the Seahawks got fined for that. As they should. But mm-hmm. what ha- what happens if something more serious happens? What do you do? A fine doesn't work then. Well, we're, I mean, we're getting we're getting there. As the players get bigger and stronger and faster, there's there's only so much you can do with technology. And now we're at a point where the prevention is is recognizing things. Uh, and the NFL, ha- I think, has done a good job, but not a great job with it. Uh, there are some common sense things that you just shake your head and go, how did they happen? Like what you said with Tom Savage, the guy was shaking on the ground. That was disturbing. Yeah, and, 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 and how nobody said anything. His teammates were around him. So, so how did one of his teammates not go over and say, hey, coach, by the way, he was trembling. You know, his, his arms were shaking, and he I don't know if he was responsive or not. If if Russell, and Russell Wilson needs to take some responsibility for this, if his jaw is so messed up that he couldn't move it for the next week, he probably knew at that point he shouldn't go back in. And you need to be responsive. It's no longer about are, are you a man or are you tough by going back in the game. The game has changed. Our mentalities have changed. And I don't think people want to see this. That's the other thing. As, as much as people say they don't want it to turn into flag football, th- this is not turning it into flag football. If your brain is to the point of, of being seriously impacted, you got to come out of the game. Two words this year became much more prominent along those lines. Concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. We've heard it in the past every week now. That and load management? Well, we'll get there in a second with the process. Every week now, you hear more and more players in the concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will they be ready to play? Are they going to be cleared? They're in the protocol. They're at this stage. They're at that stage. Uh, You're going to have to see what happens going forward, but clearly the NFL is trying to make an effort to take away the headshots. The players don't seem to be going along with it, though. No. Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen just this week some plays that were just, you know, there's more hem- helmet-to-helmet hits that don't get called. I mean, you can hear it. And, and you and I have talked about that. We watch football differently mm-hmm. now after talking to Dr. Amalu and hearing the stories that he talked about. Um, we look for the whiplash. We look for the head slamming into the turf. Those things that you didn't necessarily look for before, before you were really thinking about the yeah, issue. I, I wince in a different way. Yeah. You know, you used to go, oh, like Speaking that. of wincing in a different way, are you trusting the process as the year comes to a close? No. Last year at this time, no, the Sixers were about to go on a run. Everybody was going to get excited. Embiid was there. And then he was day-to-day with a knee injury against Houston. And we never saw him again. This year, the team is on the court playing. They have some successes. Which team is on the court playing? The Sixers. Which, which no, which which players of this team? Well, that's part of the problem is that they haven't had consistency. That's They've the had a whole lot problem. of injuries. Th- th- this this is a real problem when you take lots of injured players, and we talked about it with Cindy Cindy Jones. Is do you take somebody who's already hurt because injuries tend to get worse with time, especially when you're putting lots of pressure on them. So now we have. Let's start with Joel Embiid. We have, we have a guy who has a back problem of some sort, okay? He's 7'2". He's probably close to 300 pounds. He's jumping up and down on a hardwood court, and for whatever reason, Embiid likes to play in a reckless manner to the point that he is constantly falling on that back. That, uh, every that time he falls down, me. I get worried. And, and, and we now have a situation where, as is, is they said you know, before the game, 
you don't know whether he's playing every night until he does his warm-ups. And, and that's, that's a problem on top of what you're going to get into next likely is the constant red-shirting of, of professional athletes in, in Philadelphia. That's my 2018 resolution for the Sixers is to no longer red-shirt draft picks. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second. How do you feel about Ben Simmons, his lack of a jump shot? You've been there to watch a bunch of the games. You've seen how defenses are reacting to him now. What's your thought before we head to break? It's just, it's just like a batter who has a loop in his swing, and after he goes through the league a couple times, they figure it out where to pitch him. Ben Simmons is now that guy. Now everybody has a scouting report on it. They know that he's an incredible athlete. They know that he's got good court vision, but they're seeing that he has either no confidence or no ability to shoot a jumper, and that when he goes into the lane, he looks to pass backwards. And every time they're cutting him off, and the number of turnovers sucks the life out of the game. And he has got to develop that jumper, otherwise the book on him is written. And it will not change. He He's now responsible for developing the ability to hit the curveball. And if he doesn't, he's going to be a good player, but never a great player. Speaking of hitting the curveball, we should thank John Brazier for making sure that you stayed warm at the Eagles game the other night. Yeah, I, I, I went out to, I was about to leave your, for your the game. Elmer Fudd Phillies hat. That's right. And, and, and I have to tell you, you know, it, it looks silly. But my wife will wear it. I didn't it. mind that. I know, but my <laughs> wife will wear it to walk the dog or something. Or, you know, I'll wear it around the neighborhood, so, but I don't really wear it out. I have to tell you, it is the warmest thing in the world, and, and it got me through that game without freezing to death. Well, well we gave a shout-out to him. Yep. Um, you feel free to wear it whenever you want on the show. You That's can make right. Brett our producer When I'm wear hunting it. rabbits? Yes, when you're hunting <laughs> rabbits. Maybe uh, Brett wants to wear it on the other side. We'll head to break, and when we come back, we're going to give out some awards for the year, and we will preview 2018. Stick with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 337 3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports. As we lead into 2018, before we flip the calendar, we just wanted to have a final segment here recapping some of the low lights of 2017 and then looking forward to next year some people have uplifting award shows 
we bring you the moldy cheesesteak awards <laughs> jeff um you came up with the idea for this uh -huh. they they are the stories that you are not a fan of and you'd like some of these people to go away correct and, and this is just the first of, of many years to come i hope with you doing these moldy cheesesteak awards all right so the first award is the sticky fingers award uh-huh so I think that's probably the easiest one that goes to uh, Leangelo Ball and his two teammates whose names nobody knows. Um, Leangelo Ball decided to go to a foreign land and uh, try to uh, lift some sunglasses. And now and, he gets to stay in a foreign and, land. <laughs> and create an international incident. So uh, he, he's got to be one of the uh, dumbest athletes I've, I've, I've heard of in a while in deciding to do that. And now, as a result, he has left. UCLA, a basketball powerhouse for generations, and lovely, sunny Southern California, and a scholarship, and he is now playing in Lithuania for a coach that sells meat out of his trunk. You cannot get over the fact that he's playing for a coach that sells meat out of his trunk. I, I, th I think that's, think that's one the of, best thing ever. It, it, well, I don't know if it's the best thing. I don't. Would you? Would you? Let me ask you a question. If you were playing basketball in Lithuania, so many things of that sentence aren't going to happen <laughs> in real life. But let's say you do. If if your coach after the game, you know, you, you go to the shower, you get dressed, and, and you leave, and you're stuck in Lithuania, and, and he says, hey, by the way, I got some meat to Look, sell you out of my trunk. If you work for somebody whose nickname is The Butcher, yeah. I got concerns anyway. If they open their <laughs> trunk and they literally have meat, I'm walking away. All right? So, so, so wait, wait, how did you yeah. go to Leangelo and not Lavar? Because I really thought you were going to give Lavar like, a year-end award, so, and you didn't. Because... I will not give LeVar Ball <laughs> anything other than my my lack of respect. All right. <laughs> so LeVar's got enough is that talk fair? this week. It I mean, is. It yeah. is. It's fair. Uh, the next one that you've come up with is the Ben Franklin Bifocal Award. Yeah, well, that, that goes to the NFL refs. You had to get that drum roll in I there. I did. Right? You can't jump it. So the, win the winner of that award is... All of the re NFL refs who, for this season, it's have not just them, NBA refs too. Well, yeah, well, yeah. If you were at the Sixers Raptors game, you saw that. But, but the award has to go to somebody. Can't we are not giving at least them a participation award? So that, we have one of those. We, later. we do have one of those later. But so this this award goes to the referees in the NFL who cannot decide from week to week what is or is not a catch. Also, what so, is or is not pass interference. Correct, but but this particular award, you can give them a second award if you'd like. We can we can get lots of these moldy cheesesteaks. I'm sure that we can get lots of donations for these. But in this case, it it's for the the plethora of is it a catch or isn't it a catch, including this past weekend. Every week. So so and and they they seem to be at times when the game is on the line at the end of the game. So this week we had the Buffalo Patriots game where. Seems like the Patriots are involved on the good end of all of these. So now the next conspiracy level conspiracy theories. It, it it is amazing that every year there's there's a conspiracy theory involving the Patriots. And the question is 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 there or is it just that the Patriots seem to be so much smarter than everybody else that good things just seem to happen? I I don't I don't know what it is. Look, being smarter didn't mm -hmm. make that not a catch. No, that was a catch in the Buffalo game. You can debate the Pittsburgh game the week before okay, against the well, Patriots. That's, debate that one. That's more debatable to mm -hmm. me than what we saw in the Buffalo game. I mean, if you're going to waste my time going to a replay every 20 minutes in a game, could you at least get the damn call right? 
Like, don't make me sit there and watch every angle over and over again that the ref can see and then make it out like I'm stupid and can't see what I saw because the ref makes the opposite call. But you can see what you saw. I, I absolutely... Because the my, ref said the opposite. With my own two eyes, I saw clearly that was a touchdown. <laughs> the ref is standing there looking down, and he's got 35 angles on a replay, and he's got a booth back in the NFL area, and they still can't get it right. So tell me how you really feel. It just drives me nuts. This is a multi-gazillion dollar business, and they can't figure out whether you've got two hands and two feet down at the same time. Well, even if you do have two hands and two feet down, then they have to decide whether or not the ground... The ground cannot injure whatever. What, what, what's the phrase that they're using? Ground can't cause a fumble. No, no, they had a, they had another phrase this time. What was this? You, one? Oh, you have to survive the ground. <sighs> Look, I shouldn't have to have a dictionary to know whether it's a catch. Just like earlier in the year, I shouldn't have needed a legal degree to know who was going to be on the field this week. I want to watch football next year with the red zone. They're going to have. They should add like a whole section that you could have on. You know, everything's interactive now. So that now they should have the NFL rules. On, on the side of the screen so that you can flip through them as they're doing the replay. They should make what golf used to do and let people call in. Ah, but you can't do that anymore. That went by the wayside in 2017. Uh, and that's a big thank you to the PGA for, for not, make it, not letting the fans dial up a number and say, hey, by the way, I saw the ball move. All right, you're very excited about that one. We've got our next award, the Under the Bus Award. And that one goes to somebody who probably could use this award for every lots year. Of times. Uh, yeah, uh, Ben Ben Roethlisberger decides that a- after the the catch that did or did not happen, Ben Roethlisberger decides to fake spike it, and and throws it into the middle of the field and causes an interception. That if he just had thrown it away, or knelt on it, which he's supposed to, then they kick a field goal, they tie the game, and maybe they win, maybe they don't. But throwing an interception ends the game. So what does he do after the game? He says, well, I was going to spike it, but then I heard in my headset, don't spike it. Well, that doesn't make any sense because how many people have a headset on the field? Just the quarterback. Well, why did the wide receiver run her out? The only thing that got thrown faster than that interception was the coach under the bus. Yeah, And, and apparently since then, Ben Roethlisberger has gone to Tomlin and supposedly asked for an intermediary to deal with Todd Haley. Which, by the way, nobody ever seems to be able to get along with Todd Haley. You can't see my eye roll on the radio, but that's just ridiculous. All right. Last but not least, before we moved into our 2018 hopefuls, we have the participation trophy for worst effort by a coach. And the award easily goes to Bob McAdoo. Ben McAdoo. Ben, well. You should know his name. <laughs> Why? He's no longer a coach. He hopefully will never coach. An- do you think he'll ever get an NFL job again? God, not if I have anything to do with it. You think he'll ever even get an offensive coordinator job again? I hope not. Not the way he looked like the way he played. And do you realize how, how the Eagles dodged a bullet on that one? Yes. He, I said that on the air a few weeks ago. They wanted him as their coach. The Giants got rid of Tom Coughlin to early ben to keep him. Because he wanted to come interview and be in Philly. Uh-huh. And we could have had Ben McAdoo, inst- and it's funny that you say that looking back, because in the beginning of 2017, who would have said they would rather have Doug Peterson than Ben McAdoo? The Giants were coming off of a better season. The Eagles were struggling. Nobody knew what Doug was. Now, all of a sudden, a year later, the Eagles are 13-2, and two, and Ben McAdoo is at home on his couch 
watching the Giants continue to lose. You, you know, it, it does stink for all those kids that had the nice Halloween Ben McAdoo costumes, though. Oh, I'm I mean, gonna miss you know, it's just like the Andy Reid kids that we had here. But but let's face it, Ben McAdoo wasn't just a bad coach. He he took a legend and, and decided to bench him, not for the quarterback of the future, but for. Geno Smith. Smith. They still haven't put Davis Webb on the field. Do you want to talk about malpractice? Actually, you know what? I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. Stop and, thinking. And, no, 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 no. If you watch that giant team, Davis, you're not going to learn anything by Davis Webb going out there, except whether or not his bones are strong. Well, you need Be to know that, too. Because I, at the beginning of the season, someone t uh, texted me a photo of a picture of the Giants offensive line, which was five garbage cans, and, and he was right. Because that offensive line is a disaster. So Davis Webb going in there with no wide receivers, by the way. They're on their like fifth and sixth wide receiver. They have no running back. Their problem was their no GM as line. much as their coach. Yeah. They, 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 they just drafted horribly for years. There. So Ben McAdoo, on your way out, you get the participation trophy. All right. So let's go to, we got about five minutes left. Let's go to some New Year's resolutions for our local teams. We'll start with the Eagles, and mine revolve around health. Uh, I know that everybody's looking to what's going to happen in the postseason this year. Mm -hmm. I want Carson Wentz You're back healthy. You're looking right past that. Look, I, I look in the long term. Mm -hmm. uh, do you, when Spadaro and you asked me, do you want one Super Bowl or many? I, I want I want the quarterback to bring me many. Mm -hmm. So I my first is that Carson Wentz come, Carson Wentz comes back healthy next season. There's a tough injury. He's obviously working hard. He had the surgery right away. But he's not the only one we're looking to come back from injury. I'm looking for Sidney Jones to come back from injury without losing a step. You're looking for Jordan Hicks to come back. What does Jason Peters do? So part of the Eagles' future will be term determined by the health as they get to next season. I'll tell you, of, of all of those, I'm, I'm not worried about the Carson Wentz injury. I think he's going to come back. He's going to be fine. And I think he's going to be everything everybody hoped for for the de next decade. Again, that's me half-fulling the cup. But... But to me, the biggest one is Jason Peters. He was already towards the end of his career, but he came back and played well when he was in and then got injured. That He's a cornerstone over there. And the Eagles need to make sure that they're, they have both bookends. They need to, Lane Johnson is set on the right. You need to make sure that you have that person on the left, and if it's not going to be Jason Peters, the Eagles need to make sure they get somebody in the offseason. And I don't want them to draft an offensive lineman. I think they got to get somebody either in a trade or free agent, a veteran, to get over there and make sure that he's protecting that side. All right. What do you want for the Phillies in 2018? Well, I want at least one starting pitcher, possibly two. Um, Jason, over there, you just popped your cord. <laughs> but um, I, I, I want starting pitching. I think hitting is going to be fine. I think catching is going to be fine. I think what they need is to get starting pitcher. But I think the, probably the biggest one is I am hoping that Odubel Herrera realizes that he better run out everything. The fireworks that will come out of that dugout the first time from Gabe Kapler that Odubel Herrera does not run out of ball. Odubel will not get the Pete McKinnon silent treatment. No. He, he, Gabe Kapler will be coming. Can you imagine if Odubel doesn't hustle to get a ball in the outfield? Or doesn't throw to the right base. It, how likely is it that Gabe Kapler comes flying out of the, the dugout? Bench. 
Now, Kapler is going to run out in the middle of the inning and drag him in by the ear like you were a kid getting pulled off by the teacher who gets you in, who says you're in trouble. And there'll be lo- lots to look forward to with the Phillies next season. We'll talk plenty about that in 2018. Well, I poorly predicted they would be 500 last year, but this year, I, I if they get one more pitcher. You're very confident. I, I'm confident. All right, Flyers. What do we got for them? They need a goalie. Uh, I don't even I don't, though Elliott's played better uh, lately. I, I, he's played better. You, you, what do what do teams that win Stanley Cups have? They have stand on their head goalies. You know that the goalie could have been like our resolution in 1992. <laughs> 92. It could be an 82. It could be. Like, seven, the, I mean, this resolution for the 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 Flyers hasn't changed in all these years. But but I keep being told that Carter Hart is the answer. So glass half full. I don't want to see two more years. I want to. I want Carter Hart to get his chance and get his feet wet next year. All right, and we need the defensemen to mature. Uh, you need your Badly. young. You, too many opportunities on the goalie. It doesn't matter. You get the best goalie in the world can stand on his head. Can't save you from some of what they're doing. It's it's really odd that they have these talented young defensemen yet. When Ratko Gudis went out because he clubbed somebody on the head with his stick, and, details and, and Andrew McDonald went out. Stop focusing every, on details, but Jeff. everybody booed McDonald when he was in the game, and it turns out that those those veteran presences have really helped the defense, and and that's what the young guys have to start out. All right, like. we got a minute left. Let's go to the Sixers. I want Markel Fultz to be healthy uh, and play when he is healthy. Well, yes, that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like them to stop red shirting whoever they draft next season. I'm not into that uh, unless you're going to stash him overseas. But if you draft a player, I'd expect them to play. And if you're going to stash him overseas, are you going to have him go back and forth between the 87ers and the Sixers? Every no, day? it's Delaware. It's Corvmas. <laughs> uh, and Joel Embiid to not be a game time decision every game. Uh, well, that's going to be a tough one. Jeff, final thoughts for 2017. This has been a fun year. 2017 has been a good sport, good start of a sports year for for Philadelphia. I think that 2018 is going to be even better. And and I wish everybody a happy, healthy, and very safe uh, new year. And we look forward to being back with everybody next week to kick off 2018 and look forward to the Philly year ahead. Everybody have a great one. Thanks for joining us this year. Take it easy. Bye-bye.